0: love I've ever known And there it goes Right out the window Should've washed away my sin And done an honest way Vanquished out my thieves and broke free from that cave. Cause you deserve a better man. Cause you deserve a better plan. You can always find better love. Running like the river does, and your love a won't deliver trust. You're just running like the river does. You're just running like the river does.
1: So there you go, I'm John Kane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Saturday, August 3rd. Let me put my screen up here. All right. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage, and in some cases, start conversations. We don't do prayers or buffalo speeches. We take a tough look at history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, identity. And we may step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We will take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking to all that is heaped upon us. And we do it all right here from the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. So, Let's Talk Native. But before I do that, let me remind people that our audio streams live at www.letstalknative.com. We post our, or we stream live video of the show on Facebook Live. We post our uh, audio on uh, as podcasts on your favorite podcast platforms, and we take the video and we put it up on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. I am the host of Let's Talk Native, and I am assisted by Jake Proud here in studio, who is managing our video and our sound. I want to welcome back to uh, Let's Talk Native uh, Matt Hill. It is so, uh, It's like I said, it's like we got the band back together
2: here. Yeah, thanks for having me back, John.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, I, and I invited you back for a specific reason. I know you, you traveled up to Gunawage last weekend for the uh, Dish One Spoon. It was kind of a conference, um, uh, brought in people from all over. So I wanted to get some insights from you on that. But also, uh, I have on the line, and I guess I better put my headphones on, I've got uh, I've got Paul Paul DeLarone uh, joining us by phone. Uh, Paul, are are you there? Do we do we have you connected?
3: Yes, I'm all here.
1: All right, uh, we get him dialed in there a little bit. Jake, uh, keep keep
3: talking, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm, yeah, I'm just all right. Waiting.
1: All right, we're just making sure we get you we get you dialed in here. Um, again, uh, got Matt in studio, got Paul DeLarone on the phone, and I wanted to. I, I wanted to get some feedback on what took place last weekend, how it went um and perhaps we should start by just uh going through what was the goal um beyond talking about what the one uh, dish one spoon wampum belt means and 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 we will get into that because there is confusion over that I mean, there you know some people think yeah. that 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 concept means that we don't own anything that everything we have is is collective and um and it 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 kind of misses the the point about shared responsibilities and shared uh shared benefits but um uh talk to me a little bit about what you guys had planned to accomplish with this conference um who was invited and, and that kind of thing
3: Well the thing is that um for many years our people have been uh talking about unification and a whole lot of things in that direction. And, uh, you know, as I explained to people, uh, to me, this was very important. Uh, I encourage people to always try to work together and, uh, you know, to understand what it is that we should be doing. Uh, it's not what somebody else wants us to do. And <clears throat> I'll give you why this meant a lot to me is because uh, back in the early 70s, uh, we had uh, Anishinaabis and Lakotas come to uh, Anadaga, the Grand Council, and um, uh, you know, there, there was just so many of them men and women came. And The purpose for the coming uh, was they wanted to reestablish for one, and the other one to establish what they everybody calls an alliance, and um. At that time, I was sitting there at the Grand Council, and uh, this was an exciting time for us that, you know, uh, that people would uh, want to come and uh, to join forces with uh, Rudi shuni And it was great, everybody was excited. And um, so the request was made about establishing an alliance. and. Uh, it just happens that uh, you know there was some discussion, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, one of the uh, at that time he got up and he spoke, and uh, he was a Seneca, and he got up and he spoke, and he says, you know, we're very uh, happy that you've come and that you, you know, uh, you want to uh, establish this alliance with the uh, and so on, and we welcome your uh you know um your unification all this with us, but he said something that just um everybody I think the wrong way he's got and when he was speaking to him he says um he says uh, uh but in order for you to come uh into an alliance with the Shu do you are going to have to come under our wing, and uh you will be treated as a protectorate nation' and he went on explaining and so when he finished one uh Nishnabi man got up a very impressive looking young man it must have been in his 30s at the time and he got up he says um you know he says i don't know he says if you were here at the time of our arrival he says when we came through that door he says we came in as men he says none of us came in on a papoose." he says we came in as men and he says, uh, "And now you welcome, uh, you know, our unification." He says, "But he says, uh, you want to put us under your wing as a protect, as protected peoples." And he says, "My question, he says, is that how can you, you, who cannot defend yourselves, uh, plan to protect us?" <laughs> from that and so he says you know, that when the time comes, he says that you can recognize the fact that we are equals, that we are men. Uh, just let us know, he says, and we will return. And they all walked out. They walked out of that longhouse. And that, And when they left, uh, then a the big argument took place inside the longhouse. And I know from the Mohawks and the Unitas, they were very disappointed with this uh, what they were said to them about bringing them under our wing because they did not come asking to be protectorate nations they came here to establish an alliance of equality that we would work together and because he made it clear that uh, Annisavi says we came here uh, hoping to establish an alliance and joining all of our powers together he says to stand together and to stand as one and to defend the aggression against our people but but instead they were they were lowered and told they would be protector nations, and so they left, and no one ever called them back and uh, and so about oh i say uh within the last ten maybe fifteen years uh came to Re Shuni people again, and they spoke about we established an alliance that uh used used to exist between our peoples and uh, they brought it to the Grand River this time and um, the young men at Grand River they brought it to the council and you know but it seems that nobody the council did not put any you know any I don't know importance on it or whatever I mean I wasn't there when this was done but from listening to the men who um, uh, did uh, take it there. Uh, they were very disappointed, so nothing came of it. Then, not long after, maybe a year or so, then he was brought to the United's at, uh over on the Thames. And again, the young men there uh, tried to get something going to host a gathering there. But at that time too, there was a division in the comedian. Turmoil and nothing ever came of it. And so uh, later on, the Anishinaabis asked Tindanega. And the young men there in Tindanega again, they tried to get things together and that. But uh, like every other community, there was so much divisions and, you know, and uh, whatever, and it didn't happen. So about a year ago, uh, the Anishinaabe asked again. But this time they asked uh, Aguzasne. And the young men at it. they said, uh, yes, they would really love to do this. So they said, but we can't make a decision on that. They said, we have to go home and talk to our women because, you know, the women, you need the women to help, you know, to put on such a gathering. And so they went home and uh, there's been so much, you know, division and turmoil and people can't seem to get their act together and uh, nothing came of it. And... and so um about uh, about four or five months ago, uh, um, they made a call to Gonaaga and they spoke to a young woman there and they asked her she says, "Would Goga be interested in hosting such a gathering?" you know?" And she and she says, "I don't know." she says, "Let me call my uncle and ask him what he thinks." And so she calls me and uh, she says, I got a call from Dennis Stabi, and they want to know if someone will be interested in hosting this gathering. And so I thought about it for a second, and knowing all that took place, I said, yes. I said, uh, let them know that, yes, we're going to do it. And uh, I didn't know how we were going to do it or anything, but, <laughs> you know, you're never going to do anything unless you're going to work at it. And so she says, should I take it to the longhouse? I says, well, I says, if you don't want the gathering to take place, I says, by all means, take it over there. <laughs> and uh, I says, I says, remember something. I says, they're asking for Anishinaabe people and Rodinoshuni Shuni people to come together and to uh, reestablish the one dish, one spoon. <laughs> and uh, I says, and I says, we should, we should do it. I says, so just let them know we'll do it. We'll host it. I says you talk to them and set a date, and I says, and I'll do everything I can to help to try to uh, make this uh, a reality. I says, but you young women, I says, you will have to like organize, and uh, but I'll I'll help you every way I can, and so I kind of beat the pavement and went all over and asked different people that are, whom I whom I understood and knew that were strong supporters of you know uh such a thing and uh and I was able to raise the money to uh, for the food and uh so uh you know I told the girl to say let everybody know that yes everybody should come to Ghanahuaga and we'll do this and uh everyone's welcome uh you know and she says well she says uh yeah we already put it out that we're putting it on and uh yeah, she says, I even have elected system people calling me up and asking me if they're welcome. I said, Everybody's welcome. I said, everybody. I said, we're talking about alliance here. I says, the thing I says is that we're gonna be discussing things that uh are never discussed in other circles. I says, and this is what we need to do is start talking. I said, but I says, I want people to understand certain things. For seven the seventeen oh one um Nanfan and the Treaty of Montreal 1701 uh, was not the beginning of the one dish one spoon and uh, I said the one dish one spoon was something that uh, always existed among all of Wilbur people that's always been our philosophy and that uh, is that this earth is our is our dish you know and that uh, the one spoon is that we all have a right to eat we all have a right to uh, taking care of our family we have a right to medicine we have a right to all of these things but more importantly, I says we have a responsibility to respect one another, to help one another, and to care about one another, to love our people. I said, this is what one dish, one spoon is all about. And uh, I says, so I said, this land, the water, the air, everything, we all have a right to it. Because that's, that's how creation intended it. I says, and it's not just about humans. I said, it's about all life. And I says, and so many things are coming at us today, and uh, and as I said, there's such concerns about global warming and everything else, and that, uh, and uh, nobody has a uh, solution to any of this problem except the Ngwanehuwa, the Ngwanehuwa who still know what being a Ngwanehuwa is about, and uh, and so I says, everybody is uh, invited says, and uh and so uh, I made sure that we'd have our wampums there, and so on, and I even brought a. Uh, well, brought out an old alliance belt that was with the Ojibwe and the uh, Rudinoshuni. And I spoke to other people from all the different families across the land. I told them, I said, if you have an old uh, belt, uh, an alliance belt with our people, bring it. You know? And that, uh, but more importantly, I was bringing with me the friendship belt. And that, uh, because I wanted people to understand that this gathering was not where we were going to establish the alliances or rebuild our old alliances. It's just, what we need to do and that is remind everybody about what the Friendship Belt is about. I says the Friendship Belt is pretty much the same concept as when our people used to gather together, like in uh, the island known as Montreal today. That was an old gathering place. It was a hub for our people, just like Ghanazin was, what's called Ottawa today, and do what they call Albany today. These were all gathering places, and anywhere you went across the Western Hemisphere, there was always gathering places, that people in those areas. It doesn't matter uh, if you're a Mohawk or what. The thing is that everybody came. Uh, different Anishinaabe people came. Crees, Ojibwe, Algonquin, you know, the um, Huandot, uh, um, um, uh You know I mean? They're all the same people that... But they used to come Mi'kmaq, Inu, uh, you know, they all came together, and that, and they used to share with each other the surpluses that they had, and that. But most important was the time the women were there to establish uh, relations, like um, like uh, future families uh, with their young people, because they needed to do this to keep our bloodlines strong, and that, and so. When they matched up a, to a young couple, they, it wasn't said that these, this young couple would, uh, you know, were bound to be married. No. They used to do what in our language we call de huiza. And today that word is, that term is used, but people say, oh, it means they're dating. But that's not what it was. It was where this young couple would start to know each other. They would start to talk things out. They would start to find out if they were compatible. And if they if they believed that they were compatible, then uh, what it was was the young man needed to know her family, and he, her family needed to know him. And likewise for her, she needed to know his family. They needed to know her. Then the, then the families would have to get together and see if the two families could work together to ensure that this... Uh, union between this young couple uh, that it was a firm one and it was going to stand strong because always the thought was that when they do this, children are going to be coming into this uh, into this world. And that, so it was always about the children. It was always about uh, everybody's participation, everybody's responsibility was going to be fulfilled. And that in order to make this work, because you never wanted uh, to put something together that wasn't good. And that, and so this is, uh, this was the same concept when a friendship belt was presented. It was so two people could, two peoples like two families. I don't want to use the words nations or tribes or bands. Two families of people could learn and that to learn that they and find out that they can get along. They can work together because the thing is, you don't form an alliance not knowing who you're forming an alliance with. They need to get to know one another. They need to build upon and strengthen this friendship before they form this alliance.
1: Yeah, whether it's a, whether, are... whether it's a marriage or whether it's an alliance, there there has yes. to be some compatibility, common interests, right. and and all and all of that. The, but it sounds to, to me like the the biggest problem was uh, in in all of these years going back to the seventies uh, at Grand Council was was an arrogance that would uh, that. Was really more about exclusion than inclusion, and and to me, right. what, what I That's... understand about the the dish one spoon is that it's, uh, the the main message there is about inclusion, and, and it's about shared right. responsibilities. You know, sharing in general, um, sharing resources, uh, and, and not necessarily exploiting something to the exclusion of others.
3: Yeah, see, one of the things people, and uh, Shuni people don't even want to even think about is that the, the Rodinoshuni people, they became a very arrogant people. They would form alliances and friendships, and uh, what uh, they would adopt uh, people and take them under their wing as protect their nations and stuff like that. Uh, but the thing is, they never included everybody to extend the house. See, we always talk about adding to the rafters. Well, when your families get bigger and that there's more of a people, you have to extend the house. You add to the rafters by, which means you're including other people. But the thing is, our longhouse never grew. It just stayed within the forty nine families.
1: Well, look, what, even, uh, even what was done with Tuscarora was uh, uh, left, left right. a strong bit of exclusion there
3: that's right and and this is what this is what our problem has always been and then in 1970s I see this, it hadn't changed and and it was like the Anishinaabe man said how can you who can't even defend yourselves expect to protect us you know the thing is that they talked about binding the five arrows well what happens when you can bind 200 arrows, it would be virtually impossible to break And, uh, and so this is this is kind of what the purpose of the gathering was, for, for our way of thinking to start changing and to start including other people. And, and the thing is that we call upon people who were actually doing something. Because uh, the thing is, this gathering was not what they call a healing circle where everybody just talks and cries about what was done to them and so on. We were looking for the people that could come and say, listen, we need help. But this is what we're doing. Yeah, We're doing this anyway, but we need your help as well. You know, so when the people came from uh, the, uh, the Algonquins from uh, up north, um, Greece, they came, and those those people, uh, I'm not exactly sure how many years ago, they left the reservations like Maniwaki, Barrier Lake, and other Algonquin communities, and they went back into the... Um, Back onto the land that was referred to as Crown land, which was their ancestral homeland, and, uh, and so they just went back in, and they've been living in there without government assistance, without the Indian Act. Uh, they don't; they refuse uh, from funding from governments, and that. they're just doing it themselves. And, and basically, they live without electricity and running water. And that. but you know, they're working at rebuilding their people. And then you have the Ojibwe's up on the other pass, Elliott Lake. They've done the same thing five years ago. They went in onto the land, and they they've been and they've been gradually growing, building homes, and so on, and you know, and making sure the language is spoken. They're doing their ceremony. They're trying to govern themselves as much to the old ways as possible. And that, and they also won't accept government funding or the Indian Act or any of that stuff. And then then you have and then we had the people from Ganyaga there. We had some women from Ganyaga that were there. And uh, we also had uh, women from Cayuga, Finger Lakes, that came. And that and it just was like a week and a half before that, myself, Adelwey uh, Hadaga, and Ganesaraga, uh, we were down there. We spent four days with them talking about Ganyaga. They had a lot of questions. We answered the questions, the best of our ability. And uh, they weren't sure if they could make it, they said. But we told them about the gathering and it was so good that some of the women showed up. So uh I put them with the women from Kanyaga. I says, Here, I'm marrying you, so now use talk and you see what <laughs> you can uh, help with each other. Because what the women in Cayuga were talking about was basically what we talked about back in nineteen seventy four when we took over what people call Moss Lake Ganyaga. And uh, and so, you know, I told the women in Cayuga, I says, Listen, I says the first ten years, I says we 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 were the same shape as you are, but I says go there now. It's forty eight years later, almost fifty years. I says you see the self sufficiency, you see uh, how things have grown, and what the possibilities are. If you just go up there and see, it'll it'll inspire you, and you'll get ideas. And so they came up, and they did meet, and and uh, and so you had the women from Cape Breton, uh, Mi'kmaq women who have also taken over land and who are going to start building on there and farming on that land and everything. And they also want nothing to do Indian Act or Indian Affairs or anybody. They're just taking over their land again. You have the women from New Brunswick who came who were doing the same thing. You know, uh, it was very encouraging to see people who were actually doing something coming together. And they were coming together to see what they can do to help each other and, uh, and to keep on building and this is this is what the this whole one dish one spoon was about. How do we really work together? How do we again establish the fact that we are all whom and that we need to work together and the thing is that we we need to do these things ourselves and that, then we had um we had uh from near garden uh, the uh, garden river Rankin there's four communities their chief came down and he spoke about how he he's the hereditary chief like, traditionally, and that but the people in those communities they voted him seven terms now as the like their grand chief uh through elections, but he explained how their way comes first, and that Indian affairs Indian act is just on the fringes, and they rarely even bother with the Indian act. And uh, and the thing is how they control their their territories. They're the ones who decide if there's going to be logging. They're the ones that decide if there's going to be mining. Gonna, everything is decided by his people. Well, you know, and, you know, Paul. And,
1: there's there's a couple of things that that I talk about fairly frequently on this on the show, and among them are the the potentials for uh, the collapse of some of the institutions that are around us whether it's the economic collapse of the united states or the global economy whether it's climate change whether it's the um the racism and the social unrest and political unrest or war amongst these guys vying for superpowers and one of the things that that i started seeing even other people in academia come to is realizing that when all of this stuff happens it's only going to be be the people who are connected to the land who uh who will survive unscathed. So the very things that you're yes. talking about isn't just a something that would be nice and convenient and it would be nice it would be a nice social project. It is actually a necessity. It's a it's a survival that's right. Uh, it's a survival plan.
3: Right. See, that's that's what I keep trying to explain to everybody. We call ourselves Ongwa-Hungwa. And when I was a boy, I used to hear the old people talk and says they, said if, well, they used to say when the world comes apart, the only people who's going to survive are the unguehunwe. And so a lot of people say, oh, well, I'm ungue, ungue. I'm going to survive. But that's not what the old people meant. What the old people meant is unwe is the human being. Unwe is the human beings who are connected to the ways of the forever. And what is the forever? Unwe is the forever, is creation only those who actually have a real connection to creation those who could survive without iga or Loblaws or walmart excuse me walmart <laughs> and all that It's those people it's like those in north of uh, north of us and uh, uh, north of montreal about about maybe 60 70 miles up north and that uh, those people are going back to hunting and gathering and that uh, they work a little on the outside because some of them are truckers or carpenters and so they go and work on the outside earn their money and they bring it back into their community and that's what they use to build their community and that uh, but they're doing it themselves but most well, of their and, and life... I, guess,
1: I guess the thing that I, that I want to be clear is that this isn't about prophecy this is about no. history that has happened it, this, this has happened right. over and over and over that's again right. like I said you know you know now these people who've been trying to you know date us saying okay that we we only existed in the hemisphere 15,000 years ago 30,000 years ago now they're coming to realize that that they can track native uh people people living in in this hemisphere back over 130,000 years ago which is 100,000 years longer uh, and and of course i'm not even saying it's that limited but the point is that no. in that in that period of time, it, over that that span of time, there have been even our own societies have crumbled because you know we did some of the we made some of those mistakes. We did urbanized um, uh, you know, population centers. We made some of the same mistakes that, that some of the Europeans did, and as a result yeah. of it, it always came back to the people who are connected to the earth, not the ones who are connected to you know to to pyramids and. Um, and and these cities on America mounds cities. and all that other stuff, right? So, yeah. Th- so when when you say these things, and when the old people said these things, they weren't making a prophecy; they were telling a history lesson. No.
3: That's right. See, because of things. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I explained to the people that there is no other people on this earth that could talk about the time when we we roamed among the dinosaurs. Nobody else can talk about that but us. It's in our ohondukarihuadehwa. That not that one everybody uses today, that recital. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about real hondukarihuadehwa. And that it explains in there. It explains about our grandfathers, what we call the us. And that uh, the uh, four winds, the thunders, and that they bring us the rain and and so on. They bring us the changing of the seasons. Well, in the Hontariguateko, it explains that it was our grandfathers who put the dinosaur beneath the earth, and nobody else can talk about that except our people. And that, and one time I was speaking with a man from the Buffalo area, a very learned man. And I was explaining these things to him. He was an Italian fellow. And then he says to me, you know something? He says, the newest theory, he says, that scientists are coming up with about the, the, like, the extinction of the dinosaur was that it was caused by a great electrical storm. Wow, what is that great electrical storm but our, our grandfather, Our
1: grandfathers, exactly. That's what, yeah.
3: that's what our people have said all the time, that it was our grandfathers. But well, one of the things that they say is that even though they've worked hard to put them beneath the earth and they try to keep them beneath the earth, but they said if they should ever rise from the earth again, they will cause us a great, uh, a great harm, All life a great harm. And when the Europeans got here, what did they do? They unearthed all of them
1: and they're they still brought doing them
3: it. Up coal and oil and gasses and so on. Making plastic out about of it now. Yeah. yeah. Hey,
1: hey Doug, let me, uh, let me take a break. We're at the bottom of the hour. Let me take a break here, and uh, and we'll be right back. We'll, we'll take a little bit of a breather, give our listeners a chance to uh, get their minds around some of what we talked about. But uh, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. This is John Cain with right. Matt Hill in studio, uh, Paul Delarone on the phone, and we'll be right back in a few moments.
0: A simple song, a simple man A simple thrift store clothes and a simple thing He's gonna make it someday He's gonna make it someday That was a lifetime ago 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 Ain't no thief gonna take my goal Ain't no priest gonna save my soul Ain't no thief gonna take my gold. Ain't no priest gonna save my soul My soul My poor soul My soul I'm a believer you know me I couldn't leave you know me I'm a believer you know me I couldn't leave if I try If I try I Lord, Lord, don't know I try No no I've tried Ain't no thief gonna take my gold Ain't no priest gonna save my soul Ain't no thief gonna take my gold Ain't no priest gonna save my soul My soul my poor soul, my soul. All right.
2: All right. That was five want, seconds coming up.
1: I want to thank you guys for listening, hanging in there. Uh, a little bit of Logan stats, both with our intro and our break music. Um, I want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses. I want to thank uh, Eric White and ERW Enterprises, uh, a couple of uh, sponsors who remain anonymous, and uh, and those who, on occasion, drop a check in the mail or uh, support us one way or the other. I mean, uh, and I and I have to throw Ed Schindler into that category because Ed, uh, when he come when he not only when he comes to town, but throughout the year, uh, Ed uh, not only makes his way into the studio and spends you know a month or so with us here. But he supports the program as well so i i always want to give a shout out to ed and um and I will say that he did, did travel back to his uh home and um uh and and traveled well so uh, i want to throw that out there look i always want to thank people for sharing the show so whether you share the show on facebook or you share the podcast or the youtube videos that's the way this conversation that we have here on let's talk native becomes a conversation hopefully in your home and and hopefully amongst your family members and your friends. So that's what, we, that's what we do it for. All right, uh, Matt, uh, I, tell, I know that you um, were, were pretty excited about going up uh, to in and, and attending this thing. What was your um, immediate, I guess, immediate takeaway from, from going up there and spending time with all the people who had gathered?
2: It's always good to go to these gatherings where there's people from all these different uh, areas, and uh, I like to expand my network. I like to see what's going on everywhere else, everywhere else. Um, one of the uh, the takeaways that I got out of it was the um, uh, was was what people are doing in their territories and and how they're creating uh, uh, like an economic boost, I guess, and, and and not just economic, but they're also striving in language and and try to reclaim all of that stuff. Um, I, I um, it's just just a good time to. To, to be out there and to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's
1: I always uh, I mean, I I mean, that's 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 always a good part of it. But I mean, the idea that uh, people you, I mean, you obviously get to catch up with people that you mm-hmm. that you've um, made good friends with over the years. Yep. But it's also the idea of meeting meeting new people, especially from different areas. And and as uh, Decker was saying, as Paul was saying, um, this uh, people who are are actively making um, strides at reclaiming. Mm-hmm um our, our essentially our identity and yep. and, and distancing ourselves we're, we're, look we're, we're hearing an awful lot about the municipalization of our territories yep. and and i talk a lot about identity and, and assimilation and we see it all the time and but we always come back to and, and i always got to go back to something that that degger used to say all the time he says as long as there's one as long as there's one who maintains the the ideals the identity and can share that with somebody else. Then, then we're, we're not gone. Mm-hmm. And you know, and so, uh, Dega, that's one of the things that you you spoke of. Oftentimes, is it isn't a numbers game. Obviously, the more people we can we, we can you know collaborate with and and uh, and again form alliances with, uh, uh, the better. But you know, we've 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 escaped extinction um, many times over, and and what we're what we've escaped at the hands of uh of uh, colonization and, uh, and oppression is not it's it's not our first time it's not our first dance and so i mean no. it's it's about maintaining our identity and and reclaiming who we are
3: yeah you know i just like uh people to know what kind of participation we had we had we had uh, a representation from british columbia we had a representation uh I forget what what uh, people they come from, what family, and that. But we had blackfoot from Saskatchewan. <clears throat> we had we had all different types of Ojibways and uh, Crees and uh, Chippewas and that that all came from like from Ontario area. We had the Oneidas. We had uh, what um what do you call Me. um. Uh, was, a seneca. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well we had we had more than one seneca there yeah they're... it's just that they don't all live in cataracta no
2: you know? that's
3: it. uh and, and that they live in Akwesasne, but they they came you know they came in that and then there was the people from aquazine that showed up and then uh we had united from uh the thames that showed up uh we had the cayuga show up um and uh, we had the Innu, uh, which people call Montagnais. They were there. Uh, we had uh, the Mi'kmaq from Nova Scotia and from New Brunswick that showed up. And then uh, we had the uh, Wapenawak from uh, Mashpee. They mm-hmm. they came up. And in fact, in uh, the, I believe it's the 10th to the 14th, they're going. They're calling a gathering out there. So we're going to be heading out there. Yep. And uh, and then from this gathering. Uh, another gathering is going uh, being set up for the thirty first of October uh, of August, mm. and that it's going to be a, an all women's conference because one of the things that I heard from a lot of the women is that they are so fed up with uh, so called chiefs and clan mothers. They're fed up with it, and that, and how these people have elevated themselves so far above the people that they're not listening to the people and. Uh, uh, you know, and they, they seem to believe that they have all the power. They don't even know our system anymore. And the people are learning who we are. They're learning what our responsibilities are. They're learning about the the strengths of our families and the responsibilities of our families. The women are reestablishing the clans, and that, and and they're, they're 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 learning to use the formula that our ancestors uh, gave us, where you can you can actually get consensus. And, that, and so this is these are all great things that's happening, and that, and this is what the dish with one spoon has is really been about, and to understand that it's always been our way and that and uh and we we uh we really hope that this is gonna continue because uh the people uh, from the other side of Elliott lake uh who five years ago took over land. They're hosting the gathering there for the uh, for next year, and uh, and one of the nice things is that uh, these people who are, you know, struggling right now to build their communities, and that then you had uh, people get up and say, "Listen, uh, we're going home and we're getting our people together, and we are going to make a decision." And, uh, and uh, we're, we're going to bring you beans and corn and different things. And we're going to come and help you. And we're going to do, do fundraisers to help you to, so, you know, have money so you can build your homes. You can do this. So people were making all commitments right then and there from that gathering that they were going to do this to help one another. And then they started talking about trade. Trading uh, fish for wild rice, uh, trading corn, trading beans, and all, to start a trade, a trade amongst our people, mm-hmm. and that, and I mean, this was so encouraging to hear this. And then we had people there who uh, are business-minded people and people who have access to dollars, they have access to many things, and uh, they approached me and talked to me. And said we, we, we can do these things. And so I told him. I said, "Well, I says, just you know, keep getting close to the phone. I says, because I will be contacting you, because I want to set up a special meeting with just these people who have uh, resources that they they want to they want to direct those resources towards helping our people. Because I said we never heard this kind of stuff. We didn't know people wanted to do this kind of stuff." It says, and now that we're hearing it, we're totally in support of it. I had one young man. Well, he's not young; he's about seventy years old. But he's <laughs> he's been working. He's been working with banks and everything else. And he says, "I'm in the middle of all the banks." He says, "I know where there's dollars that can do this and do that and so on." He says, "He, he gave me his card." He says, "Call me whenever you want. Ready to talk to me?" He says, "Call me." He says, "And I will come."
1: Well, you know, but says, and one and one of the issues though is that. We have to make sure that even as we go in various directions, especially related to to trade and commerce and and, uh, yeah. and, and business, that we stay at the table. That we don't just hire white people yes. to do it. I mean, one of the things, no, I mean, no, e- no. even as I no, see no. see what's happening with with the fights over gaming and that kind of stuff, it's like there there's every every I want to say nation, but every every community, <clears throat> their so called leadership is really being led by lawyers, lobbyists and consultants and it's one of the things that that, that is uh, it's one of the, my pet peeves because we no longer are the are the ones who are the diplomats we aren't the statesmen we aren't the ones who are going to another territory yeah. i mean i was just saying that last week in uh, in oklahoma all those native peoples are facing the same problem with with the governor in oklahoma that uh, oh, yeah. that the native people here are facing with the, with the governor of new york and yet Other than the lawyers talking with uh, there, the Mm -hmm. lawyers here representing the lawyers are talking to the lawyers there. There's still no strategy between the peoples, and so as we look at forging these relationships in business and everything else, well, let me me just finish. As we look to form these alliances, we have to make sure that that it's our people and that we stay connected to uh, to our community as we as we engage in these conversations.
3: Well, this is why we invited Oklahoma a to come. We're not looking for lawyers. We're not looking yeah. for, uh, you know, because the thing is, look at our people. Our people will talk and they'll say, our premier, our governor, our president, our prime minister, our queen. <laughs> I mean, since when did these people become ours? They're not ours. They never were ours. And we're never going to be theirs unless we get in their ship. That's the only way we're going to become their properties when we get in their ship. And so many of our people are getting in that ship and uh, you know, they don't, they're just following the, they're following, following the pipe Piper. They don't even know where the hell he's going to lead them.
1: And, like then, and then, then they only occupy the, 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 the lowest levels in that system when they go there.
2: That was one of the things that, yeah. I, that I took away from it as well as, um, all the different levels that the thought exchange, you know, cause, uh, some people knew more than i did and i was able to help other people out with what i've learned and that 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 uh thought exchange is, was what i really got uh, a a good takeaway from sure yeah
3: you know and and you know like i i was exp- uh explaining some of the different belts and that, and it just blew people's minds because they always heard about wampum belts and at each belt i'd explain and I, then i would give it to a couple of the young kids and they would go around and let everybody see it, touch yep. it, you know, feel it. And that and most of the people said I never seen a wampum belt before. Mm. You know, and it meant so much to them. And that. Uh, so I encourage all these people, when you go home, find out from your old people, find out however you can, did you have an alliance belt with us? And mm. and you know, and so they and they all know that they had an alliance belt uh, with us. And that and this is what we need our peoples to uh, bring those belts back out, and we need to clean the dust off it. You need, we need to reestablish uh, the alliances that we once had. And but I explained to the people how this alliance was destroyed. Who did it? You know, we ended up in a 150-year war with each other because of the white man's uh, greed, you know, and used a beaver pelt. And that, now that's why they call it the beaver pot wars. And that because uh, the thing is that you know, the beavers who were being wiped out and everything with uh and He said, Hey, enough of this. Uh, you know, we're we're killing too many beavers just for trinkets. And uh and they said, No, there has to be fair trade. And so they prevented everybody from trading with uh uh the Europeans. And so the Europeans sent the Jesuits uh to incite our people and the young men uh you fell for it, and they they went to war. The old people didn't want it because when you visit some of the places where our people had outposts and so on in Anishinaabe uh, territory, you see our our young men were buried together, side by side, because the old people were against the war, but the young people were the ones who who went to war. Like this, you know, old men talk war, young men make war, mm-hmm. and that's what happened. And uh, and so the thing is that. I explained that part of the history to them. I explained to them about the hubs and so on and so forth. And many of them said they never even heard it. They didn't. They didn't even have uh, any recollection to why the wars were fought.
1: Well, and, and, and unfortunately, that, that that's part of the problem. Even as you talk about these alliance belts, I mean, for all the ones that we um, we can place our hands on, or we or, or that or we could talk about. There's probably that many more that uh, that we've lost over time. And because we've lost some there's, of these things, it doesn't mean that we can't reestablish and reassert them. And I think that's the thing that has know, to be talked about.
3: You know, there's 198 alliance belts. There are 198 alliance belts that were uh, were made with the Ruti Nushuni. And that's something our people didn't even know. They didn't know that that this is how how far the influence of the Doshuni with the Guyanide Gola had reached. Well, and, now, and I've seen
1: some of those belts, and a lot of times <clears throat> some of these belt, belts in, incorporate um, very familiar designs. I mean, one of the things, uh, the, the, the uh, two-row uh, uh, comes to mind. I know a couple of the alliance belts actually have uh, either a piece of the two-row incorporated in them and and it's about right. and again it's about relationships and it's about uh, the mutual respect and, and and the crazy part is when i've listened to some of the people over the years in in my lifetime that have tried to diminish the significance of some of these things i mean i have listened to to folks on dog i was like oh yeah the two row that was just a trade agreement just mi- totally yeah. minimizing mm-hmm. what what these things uh, you know the significance of these things and 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 then and then prop up other things like like the George Washington belt which is a which is nothing but a fraud. Oh, and this is the no. these are the things that I think get get <clears throat> get missed in in all of this uh, uh, this faults and this rewriting of history.
3: Yeah. And you know something we we reminded the people that our history did not begin in 1492. Right. And the two, dish with two uh, the one dish one spoon did not begin in 1701. You know uh, that these things were here from the beginning of time for us, and that, that you know when you stop to think about that, theojate uh, was not just uh, a Rudinushudhi thing. Everybody had that because that was the way of this land. Mm-hmm. That was the ways, and that I won't say the law because the word law doesn't belong in our vocabulary. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, law makes it sound no, like it was it man-made, and the thing about the the is that it 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 respected the the natural paths of of creation.
3: Yeah, And see, and and the thing is, we call uh, like in uh, in the Ganyagahaga we'll say the and that, and the Kayuga say the you know, and that and a lot of people don't even know. Most people just say, "Oh, taking uh, the you know. And the thing is that even that you, it's not supposed to be digging Deo your heart. It's just in your heart there, which already tells you it's two two paths and uh two ways and that. Uh, and the thing is that Oguahumwa all over respected that. That was just a natural thing for all Oguahumwa. And then then we when we all put into see because it wasn't just Rodino Shuni that used Wampum, and that uh, that was all over the all over the place. I mean. Even uh, one of our young uh, uh, Mohawk girls from Akulaste, uh she's going to school in North Carolina, and uh, so I said, "So you were hanging out with the Cherokees?" I'm just joking with her, <laughs> and she says, "Yes." She says, "But I met the real ones," <laughs> and uh, I says, "They're up in the mountain, right?" She says, "Yes." I says, "Yes." I says, "We were down there in the '70s, and when they seen that we had w- our wampum with us, they invited us up." And even her, she said that she had to get special invitation to go up there, only because of the things she talks about. That this, a young man, he's a bus driver, he heard her, and that, and he, so he invited her up to this place. And I told her, I says, well, I said, I'm glad you made it there. I said, see, I says, if you, if you had, if if you had not been listening to what was being told by our people of our ways, I says, those you would have never talked about, it and those people would have never invited you. Mm-hmm. and that because this group this group of Cherokees, they're still of the old way but no almost nobody knows about them mm-hmm. and like I was saying to the people there's all of these things going on in uh in throughout our lands about people rebuilding their people and their languages and their culture and their ways and so on and nobody knows about them
1: just and pockets just, of po- pockets of like-minded people throughout you know throughout Turtle yeah. Island and i and those are the ones more specifically that we need to form alliances with not not in terms of you yes. know, looking for um for these guys who call themselves leaders but act as as, as if they're rulers but really just connecting yeah. people together
3: yes because i mean i've even asked different ones i said can you honestly tell me what have your so called chiefs and clan mothers done for you and they just you could see their minds are going and they say nothing They've done nothing for us. You know, because that question, they've never asked themselves that question. You know, because the thing is, you look at what's going on in different uh, places, and that, uh, you know, um, these so called chiefs and clan mothers they're no different than the elected people, elected system people we've been fighting.
1: That's, a, I, that's exactly what I was just going to say.
3: Because it's really easy for us to criticize, the, to they're criticize they're these corporate. band
1: councils and these elected systems but yeah. when you look at the, these guys who claim to be traditional and claim to be you know, um, uh, um, the, these titles and you realize that they are every bit as corrupt and every, every bit as assimilated as any of these, these band councils and elected councils are.
3: Because a lot of the traditional councils, they're they're not traditional councils. They're they've incorporated under the BIA. They incorporate under the um, DIA in Canada. And
1: well, that, and, 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 and yeah, I mean, you talked about you talked about the Cubans, for instance, and and, and one of, one of the problems,
3: marriages.
1: one of well, look, marriages
3: and funerals and birth certificates, but they say. Oh uh we have the right to do it because the province gave uh, recognizes that they gave us the right to do this now.
1: Well and, and again no. when you when you get into these situations where the where the power isn't coming from the people but it's coming from this recognition from Ottawa or recognition from from that's Washington. Right. And that's and that's obviously what the what the Cayugas are being played with is that they 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 all entered themselves into a beauty contest trying to win BIA recognition and and in the meantime, they left their people behind on, on this stuff. And and I don't m- mean to pick on the Cayugas because it's happened in so many other communities where the power oh, yeah. is something that is being provided by uh, to a few individuals by Washington or Ottawa and not by the people.
3: Yeah. Because when we went down to Cayuga, I mean, I even called Quinn Halftown to let him know we were going to be there. I, I left messages inviting him and any of his people that follow him to come and... Uh, take part in the discussions on Gayana de Goa. And uh, we said, everybody's invited. We didn't go down there to uh, choose a side because it wasn't about choosing sides. It was about rebuilding the Cayuga people. And uh, that's what it was about. And those women and young people that we talked to, and uh, um, they made it clear they don't want no BIA. They don't want the government funding. All they want to do is get their land back and build on their own. And mm-hmm. with the help of any other Ugandan, and that, and for me, I was very encouraged by that. I, I understood they had a long way to go, but the thing is that at least they're going to begin traveling that road, right. and I'm very encouraged by that. You know, well, because, I, we're, we're, together, before we run out of time, the other showed up. Nobody else
1: Yeah, no, that, that's not, uh, no surprise. Look, uh, Daga, before we run out of time, uh, so um, what do you see, uh, again, you, there's a couple of gatherings coming up, you said it, uh, August 31st. Um, what's the, uh, I mean, where do you see the, the very next steps then uh, to what you guys started with this uh, Dish One Spoon?
3: Well, I think that what's going to happen now is, the word is going to be spreading because everybody that was there and said they're going home and they're going to talk to their people and they're going to talk to the other people uh, in their areas and that about this gathering and what this gathering was about. And they're going to start fi- looking for the people of like minds who are prepared to start to do something because, uh, since, since the gathering and that, uh, I've had different young people uh, calling me and uh, talking to me and, uh, asking me um you know uh if like myself and everybody I knew would support them and they they're all talking about getting land back uh leaving the so-called reservations and uh starting a life that uh is not government controlled and that is not elective and that, uh they're all looking at that they want a people's government mm-hmm. they want a way of life that there is a future for their children they're talking about uh, they're talking about agriculture. They're talking about feeding the kids properly because they're they're all, all aware of diabetes and cancers and everything else. It says, and it's because of the food we eat. Mm-hmm. It says we we're all aware of this thing. No use to us just talking and say, oh that uh, that's not good to eat that food. But yet that's what we're serving our children. Right. We're, we're taking our children to the drive-throughs and that you know instant gratification. You know and you know setting our kids up for the long term misery Well, these people young people they their mothers their young fathers they they really care about their kids and they're they're willing to make i guess other people say sacrifices in order for their kids to have a better future it's it's really just
1: about life, doing life changes and so i mean again we're running out of time here so um where um uh, would would you stay in touch with us and and uh keep us informed on which gatherings are taking place and and when they're taking place yeah okay
3: okay well the f- the first one is uh with uh within the next two weeks uh the the tenth i'm waiting for confirmation uh in mashby uh, okay massachusetts it's right right near cape- C- uh what's that cape- C- uh what's that cape Cod, cape yeah. Cod yeah 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 uh it, it's gonna be out that way so uh you know, and the thing is, was nice about these young people that came from there uh when I got to talk with them, and I asked them, I says uh how's this person Is this person still alive? Yeah, that's my uncle yes, mm-hmm. and this one she's still alive he's this one's still alive, and they're the people that encourages us to do things and like that because this is the their grandparents, these ones that used to uh, be involved with us. They were in Ganyang with us. They were at Ganasara with us. They were in so many situations with us. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've never dropped the ball. They continue trying to pass this on to their young people. And so now our grandchildren and their grandchildren are going to start working together. So, so again, you know, you'll,
1: you'll, you're you you going to try to get me some dates on that, and that's coming up in, in uh, Massachusetts um, uh, probably the next couple of weeks, yeah. you said?
2: Is that the gathering for yeah, the Columbus uh, reenactment?
1: Are they doing a, a pl- reenactment? Plymouth Plymouth Rock uh, No, no no, okay.
2: no, no.
3: There
1: is right. one coming up that, for that. that right.
3: They mentioned that that uh, uh, Pilgrim bullshit is coming
1: yeah. up again. <laughs> All right. That, well, Deg I got to let yeah. you go. Uh, we're, we're we're pretty much out of time. I want to thank you for uh, for joining us by phone. We'll do this again soon, and uh, we'll keep uh, we'll keep in touch on on what these gatherings as they build and uh, and and what uh, what develops out of them. So again, Nyamagoa.
3: All right. Okay. All right. All right. And I wanna thank you, I'll Matt, be, for
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> Matt, I wanna thank you for coming in. Uh it's it's good to have you back in studio. I uh I know I got some immediate responses when I said uh said you were coming in. It's been it's been a while. I know um the later time that I do the show it struggles for you and I'm uh, a morning man now uh, and, and so... I'm
2: this is I'm dragging out right. All right. Now.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to let you go home now. So right. I want to thank you for joining. I want to thank everybody no for listening and for being a part of the show. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, I'll try to respond to some of the comments as uh, after the show, anyway. And um, and we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back here on uh, on Tuesday. Y'all, thanks.